when I had, you know, I didn't have it, but this is the language, that moment of clarity, I had a very strong hit. The mind, that, that primary engine of mind stopped for about five minutes. And I had never witnessed it since I was pretty young. And in that not witnessing it, I had forgotten totally. I had taken a worrying as the norm. Yeah? An incessant seeking as just the baseline. But when it stopped, and it stopped, and yet I continued, yeah, there was something that shifted. And then I knew what surrender was. When I'd been hit by cars and shot at, and I never, I had great opportunities where you would think surrender would be produced or called for, none of that ever happened. It was just a regular day at the office. I was just trying to make it to the next shop, really. Yet, when that occurred, my mind got it. It got what surrender is. That, that engine turned off. That engine that's like the hum of your, your identification. The baseline of what you call gray is constantly moving, seeking, 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 seeking. So if, if, if it downshifts from 80 miles per hour to 50 miles per hour, it's like being on a train that's flying. You don't know it's moving yet. In your life, it looks like you could be running in the train and thinking you're going somewhere, like running. But the train is a, an incredible movement you're not even aware of. Yet. You're sitting on the train. You could probably have a drink and it's not bouncing around or anything. You're reading, you're reading like that. You seem to be very still and calm, yes? But you're on a train that's moving like 80 miles per hour. Yeah? Yeah. I would say that's like the hum of the engine called seeking. Yeah? Or selfing. What is selfing but a narrating of the seeking? Yeah? Make, taking the seeking to be a seeker and hopefully a sort. From little ones all day to the big noble ones that you call a 50 life, 50 year life journey. Yeah? They're all just different lengths of time and degrees, yes? But the seeking and the selfing, the selfing is the narrating over the seeking. So if you have an epiphany, what do you call it an epiphany? You have one of those interruptions in life where there's a vertical interruption. Usually what occurs is there's a stopping of that engine. Yeah? And the narrator. The engine stops and the narrator stops. Yeah? Now what happens is, after the engine is stopped, then the narrator rises up again and starts telling us the story about the, the engine stopping and that's the starting of that engine again. Because now you're seeking another fucking epiphany. Now you're looking for now, in your little chest, you have a mythical, perfect moment that's going to drive you crazy the rest of your life, trying to get another one. Just like in a lot of people in recovery say, they had that first shot, and every other shot was trying to reproduce that first, that first feeling of putting that in your vein and having that coke rush up to your head. They've been doing every other shot was seeking for that same 
feeling, yes? It's called an addiction. Well, there's a prior addiction. Selfing, yes? A prior addiction. That that addiction isn't in any finding. It's in just the seeking. That's its drug, is seeking. It's not finding anything, because you notice that when you find something, it could have been a great event. After a month or two or a week or two, you're signing up for something else. Very rarely do you let something sit and let it mature and ripen. You're already moving to the next one to get a turbocharged Buddhism or, you know, extreme Buddhism. It's like that, that seeking, just because it's always moving, you don't see it as moving. And there's the narration over it. There's a pause, though, and there's many pauses, but there's a pause, an eternal pause, prior to that little activity. Always available all through that activity. The difficulty is the mind doesn't know. It's forgotten. It takes the seeking to be normal. Yeah? It believes that in that movement, that movement, that drive, there's oasis called peace every once in a while. Peace of mind. But its peace of mind doesn't seem to be a bottom line prior to that line of seeking, yeah? That energy. There's not a, it's not being noticed as that. It's being noticed as an experience that can happen like little islands amidst this giant rush. Yeah. With the sense of that pause, then you can see the rush and have a true sense that it goes nowhere. It doesn't mean you're not excited about things, you don't enjoy things. You just realize it goes nowhere. It doesn't have the meaning that the narrator wants to give it. Yeah? It's just a movement. It's just selfing. It's just seeking. There's no one. Yeah? There's no one that has to stop anything unless there is one that has to stop something. There is no one who has to stop using drugs unless there is a one that needs to stop using drugs. They're not contradicting. They're complementary. Yeah? The one is an all-the-time, no-time state, and the others are manifestations. Yeah? Conditions that come and go. See, that time, I had that head stop, I swear, it was wild, because I noticed it. And here, it start off a ball, of, it's like it says, you know, something will happen, and set off a train of circumstances. This, that little portal, opening up to another aspect of mine, brought upon a solution into this manifest of 23 years length relief from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body to the point where the problem doesn't exist as me therefore it doesn't exist for me yeah it 
it's not a security like after you've got a 50-year lease. There's no 50-year lease. You have it by giving it away. Yeah? It's just always available at all times, and you start acting like that's the case. <laughs> not like it's somewhere you've got to get to. <laughs> but it's always available at all times, yes? There's no resume I need to look up, or if you want to use it, you know, literally, figuratively, look up to it. There's no resume that gives me permission to look up vertically. There's just looking up vertically. Yeah? There's one thing that we cover, they say, you, you got to have it to, like, to give it away. I don't believe that. I found if you put yourself in a position to be of service, you work. You didn't have any wealth of wisdom. All you need is willingness. You're willing, you put yourself in the position, and then you felt that power move through, move through, move through, over and over again. And what happens is the mind comes to. It senses something that it hadn't had a sense of for a while. Yeah? It senses a new power flow in. You don't think that's going to make an impression when a new power flows in? That you found a little cliche that helps you have a faith that all's well now by giving up your past and your future to a power greater than yourself. Be it a ritual, wise manner, or just an attitude that you have now. And I've been with some people who were super clear, yet they were still super anxious. Because I stayed, I slept with them, I lived with them. And then they would be, they were always amazed why nothing's, you know, I had this faith. It came, it was like from AA. <laughs> it was. I mean, for some reason, when they introduced that idea to me, hey, you've got a new employer, being all powerful, it's going to take care of you, it dawned on me, all right, I'm all for that. <laughs> you know? I sort of entertained it, and it, passed, it came to be. It, it didn't come to pass. The possibility was always available. It was on my side that made it cons uh, uh, locked away by considerations and requirements. When I opened up to the possibility, hey, I have a new employer, yeah. being all powerful, and he said there's only one requirement. Stay close to it, and I realized I can't be far from it because it's everywhere. And then performance works well. Okay, do some service. That's the deal. Done deal. You're going to be taken care of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now what am I going to do with myself? Find out. <laughs> Find out. When that whole job of worrying about what's going to happen to you is surrendered, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it may be really technical color the day you're living in. It may, it may be, uh, it may be qualities that didn't seem to be there before. Because now you have shown up, not you as Paul, because Paul can never show up. It's always, it always shows up at the scene of the crime later, yapping. Why did I do this for this to happen to me? You didn't do fucking anything for anything to happen to you. Yeah. That narrator, yes, always showing up a little later and claiming that he was the one that got run over. <laughs> I 
I mean, take it. You've been introduced to an incredible situation, Dave. I believe. I mean, because it has a magic or a juice. You can feel it. Anywhere in the world, for some reason, in all this seeming time, there was no solution to alcoholism. None. People got lobotomized, put away, hidden in the attic. You know? They didn't know what to do with us, basically. You can read this. We weren't there inside there the other one night, and then we were looking at a psalm that was open to it. It was all about people, drunk people on wine, and what you need to do with them, what not do with them. I mean, they were dealing with them way, way back then, yeah? We're undealable. Yeah? And then in 1935, something happened, and a solution appeared where? In the manifestation. Yes? There was a solution to a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, realizing that it isn't a hopeless state of mind and body. It only seems to be, because seemingly means it appears to be true or false to us. Yeah. So, if the us changes, the, see, the hopeless state of something may not be hopeless. Yeah. So, from this point on, 70-something years, it was just the other day, I think 78 years, something. There's a lot of opportunity now. And there is a magic or a juice or an energy concerning this program. I know, I feel it. That's why I go to meetings. I sit in a meeting and I feel the presence in the room. It's like, uh, and I listen to what people say and this and that, but my attention is not on the individual people. <laughs> it's on the collective mind, if you want to look. I don't like to use collective, but the mind. The mind is uh, its influence, the nothingness of influence, of grace is obvious, yeah? Obvious. Not to witness, but to drink, yeah? To let it in. And how can you let it in? Not as a self, because if you let it in as a self, you won't let it in as a self. You can't just let it in because it doesn't work that way. In selfing, it's both. Yeah? You let something in, you kick it out. You surrender, you take it back. Yeah? You're close. Oh, I feel so close to my higher power. Oh, I feel so far away from my higher power. And if you feel close to your higher power, what did I do to get so close? And far away, what did I do to get so far away? difficult for me 
as when I'm not to access other modalities of mind. I will only attempt to access them in this one modality of self-centeredness, which will take mind modalities of mind which have nothing to do with time and make them in time. Yes? I'm going to work on this. I'm going to practice this. And I'm going to, it's going to come, not now, but later. Yeah. And usually, the underlying story is you have a whole lot to do with it coming. And you truly have a huge amount to do with it not seemingly being here. That's the real guilt, first of all. Yeah, That's the real juice, the gas. It's like nitrous oxide, you use that with the gift when you want to get more miles. The seeking, when you put a nitrous tank, it pumps it up like 50 miles more. That's why that's like guilt really produces, that generates a lot of momentum in that stream of seeking. other modalities of mind, pauses, are there examples of it, yeah? A pause is really a timeless event in time, isn't it? You get the feeling of it? It doesn't have like any time. It doesn't feel like Monday, does it? Or Wednesday. It's like a whole other quality. Yeah? That quality can be claimed by selfing and then it's made into something. If you're not a self, it can be recognized as no thing. Yeah? And if there's a recognition of no thing, those recognitions of no thing will be a mirror to see what you are, which is no thing. Yeah? If you look enough into these pauses, what you're going to see is your face, your original face, like they say in Zen, the no thingness of what we are. Yeah? sense of joy that could not have been brought about by 30 straight hours of it being produced. It just rushes in no time whatsoever. And it seems to go in no time whatsoever. But the, the, the weight of it is so unbelievable, monumental. In my mental thinking, it must have been produced for a long time. <laughs> Once I was in the hospital and I was getting operated on, they gave me local anesthesia. So they built a little wall and they're working on my leg. It was really weird to see this thing. They had these rods in there, and so they numbed the leg out. But when they pulled these rods, you could hear it. It's, it sounded like what you, when you hear a nail getting pulled out of a piece of wood, it sounded like that. So my head was getting it was a little trippy, you know, because I couldn't feel it. I could hear it though, and so I was looking at this big bowl. Aluminum bowl with the lights in there, and uh, something occurred. You know? There was just the whole thing that once again stopped. You know? The whole little humming engine of seeking stopped, and there was uh, just an unbelievable depth of beauty, you know? like like an indescribable wanting to get on your knees and cry type beauty, if you want to call it that. Just something you couldn't even name as beauty. It was just something. It seemed only to be for a few seconds, yeah? But when I came back in and my head regrouped, uh, 
it's it's said that you know every last fucking second of all the trudging in this life, if that's what I needed to go through to have this moment, it was all worth it. Yeah, one one just maybe a second of an example of mind in no time coming into time, and then the mind that's in time interpreting it and saying, I would have, I would have. It was worth going through every fucking second of hell I've been in for the, if this if it had anything to do with me getting having this moment. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? One, it's not even, in time it was maybe a five seconds. No one in the room saw it. No one knew anything was happening. They were busy working on my leg. But that five seconds was infinite. Yeah. And then when the mind in time came up and attempted to sort of claim it, it had to actually get on its fucking selfish knees and admit that all of this toiling to get out of all these hells, it would have all been worth it if it led to this moment. That moment is available. And nothing leads to it. Nothing can take you from it, and nothing leads to it. It's available. It's It's as available as you are. Why do you feel better? Because you're more available, bro. That's what happens. Anything that you do here is exactly is attempting to make you more available to what's not here, seemingly, or the no things. That's what causes you to feel better. Yeah? You become available. All your contracts, all your conscriptions, all your slavery to old ideas or this and that, that keeps you toiling and working and toiling and working to deny it or rationalize it or hide it or blame it on others or whatever the mind, all the gyrations of mind, yeah? A little little bit of that uh, slavery gets lifted, yeah? And what you feel is not a product of what you're doing. It's always so. It's always available. But you haven't been. So when you and I do these things that we do in recovery and everything like that, it's not producing anything. It's What it does is leads us to be available to what is. Yeah. Instead of being enslaved to what isn't. So when we do or take a class or learn to deal with something and one of those links get loosened, yeah, and the bondage gets somewhat broken, that bondage being broken didn't produce what's available. It just allowed you to be available to it. It allowed the mind that's been held as your mind to be available to it. It's when availability meets availability. This availability doesn't produce that. That's always available at all times. But are you available at all times? Now, if you are taking yourself to be you, there's a narration about you and being available. If you base your availability on this idea of being Paul, you'll be quite unavailable. You may be super available later on, after you get finished with all your work. But the point is, the invitation is now. Yeah? The invitation is now. And how it's met is by availability. I cannot be available as a self. 
I'll be conditionally available not to be available. This is about looking at what is causing us to live a life seemingly unaware of what's always aware. Yeah. What is sort of what's the what's the preface to that condition? Yeah. And if I'm not that, maybe all those rules and regulations they lose their oomph. Yes. And what occurs is you come out of the ass of self and you're available. And now mind can reflect mind. Yeah. So like if we, you know, we're drinking and using. I was totally unavailable to anything other than drugs and alcohol. Really. I was totally unavailable. That total unavailability made me incredibly available to drugs and alcohol. Is it, was it, was that space not there then? If there was, even wasn't there then. In that idea of relationship of me with everything else, was that space not there then? Did it be, was it produced by something I did or something else did? Or was it always available at all times? And the question was, I seemingly wasn't available. Yeah. Yet, I and that availability, I would say, are the same. Like, for me, the higher power is a present tense verb, and so am I. What's the big deal? So if I am of that, and that is present, which causes it to be available, well then so am I present and available. Available to what? To what's always available. Then you see its effects here. You'll translate, you'll travel later. There's no way in hell you can't. Even though your life may seem heavy as hell, you'll be traveling a whole lot lighter than you ever imagined you could have before. And the beautiful thing, there's no way... there can be any ownership of it. Yeah? The checks don't have your name on the bottom of it. <laughs> it's very clear... You know, you're in a trust fund. <laughs> you trust that you're available, and what's available is available.
It's like on a large scale, it's that mythical here, there. You're here. The mind's narration of the here is it's not enough. So the seeking engine is totally, totally verified. Yes, not enough, not enough, not enough. But it will be more than enough in this mythical there when I arrive, when I finally get my degree or get this or have my kid or whatever, da 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 da. There'll be a arrival date, and all these mythical things about being available will happen then. Yeah. <laughs>
don't see the basic dynamic of playing God. Even our experience of God is at the act of playing God. I'm going to know God. <laughs> like something that's all available and all powerful, all knowing and no seeing, can't make itself known to me. No. No, I've got to know God. <laughs> exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> I don't have to pay to come. <laughs> and I never miss a meeting. That's pretty good. <laughs> this is what I really wanted, and I didn't like all the little shit around it, like having to go and <laughs> pay lots of money and never talking to the person, whatever. <laughs> Voila, a solution appeared. <laughs> I'm satsang three times a week and <laughs> for like 19 years <laughs> and I haven't missed one meeting <laughs> and if the course of miracles is correct then you even get or you grok or you sense or you understand more by teaching or by inviting by inviting the invitation is given to thee, in a sense, yes. By causing, by this availability to others, this becomes available. Yeah? Thank you.